0: Welcome back to Therapy Insider's Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Well, I don't know if you heard a little bit ago, a little thing called the therapy cap was finally put to rest. Ding dong, the therapy cap is dead. Hallelujah. We can finally work with better care patients for as long as they need. It's a fantastic thing. So obviously this opens up a lot of conversations about What does the future hold? What went into all of this? So let's kind of look through the process of the therapy cap. Why was it ever created? Where did it come from? And now that it's finally dead, what does the future hold? How much time and resources were allocated to finally getting rid of this therapy cap? You'll find out in this episode from the CEO of the APTA, Justin Moore, because I was like, Hey, who better to give us the input than one of the people leading the charge of all things pro physical therapy? So, a lot of information in a fairly shortish podcast 40 ish minutes. Justin packs a lot in, a lot of really cool history, and a lot about the future. Let's get into it with Justin Moore on Therapy Insiders. Well, welcome back to Therapy Insider's podcast, Dr. Gene Shirock abroad here. Well, a lot of exciting news happening in physical therapy aside from the usual exciting news. Uh, we had a, a big event that's been long in the making that uh, depending where you stand, obviously if you're a listener of this podcast, you probably have at least some interest in business. And uh, if you follow, if you've been following ReCharge, you know we've been playing around with different models and approaches to physical therapy. But I, I get this question a lot about how do I start a cash-based practice or how do I start a, a different model than traditional? And my, my my response is always in the form of a question, why? Because if you want to make more money or you want more control or you want more freedom or all these things, they're, they're really not as, as real as you think they are. You're still, you're kind of working for yourself. But the bigger reality is that 99% of other physical therapy practices are more traditional practices based on insurance, and more importantly, based and really are surviving in a lot of ways on Medicare. And as, as most of you know, or at least have a general gist that we've always been kind of handcuffed by Medicare because we had this cap and it's been going back and forth, back and forth between um, having stays. And it's been a, a, a hard legislative lobbying process for the APTA and for the PT packs, and really for you, for you being lobbying and writing letters and getting your patients in there. And ultimately it comes down to what I really hope it comes down to is helping patients, helping Medicare patients receive the care that they need when they need it. And if there's a arbitrary number that caps it off, a lot of times, many will suffer, but thankfully, we are past that. And uh, I still have some questions on it. I would really want to get the, not just the gist of it, but I really want to know what the win was, what happened, and how that sets us up for the future. And who better to tell us than the CEO of the APTA, Justin Moore. So Justin, thanks a lot for jumping on so quick. This I know this just happened. Um, I'm really, I'm really curious and excited to hear your thoughts on it.
1: Uh, well, thank you for having me, Gene, and look forward to so, talking all things therapy <laughs> when cap you put tonight.
0: Put it that way; I mean, it sounds riveting. <laughs> yeah. So let's, uh, for, exactly. for those that might not know exactly what that means, and I know there there are some in reality. What is the cap, and why has it been such a problem?
1: Yeah. Well, the therapy cap has a long history in physical therapy, and and most people know the history from the Balanced Budget Act of 1997. But the origins of the cap actually sort of kicked off what became private practice and physical therapy. Uh, back in 1972, as part of negotiations to allow physical therapists to independently bill the Medicare program, an agreement was reached that uh, physical therapists would be added to have that ability, but they would come at a cap. And so the original cap was placed on private practices only or physical therapists in private practice as a Medicare designation or PTPPs. Uh, That led us for many years. And then in 97, Congress, in their uh, efforts to pass the Balanced Budget Act, uh, added the therapy cap to other settings in outpatient Medicare. And uh, they did make an exception to ensure patient access of the hospital outpatient department, but... The very nature of the bill at that time was to extend the therapy cap, which had existed on private practice, onto other Part B settings. The other thing that happened in 97 is, you know, that uh, the original cap at that time that was on private practices was $900. And so in the process of extending it across other settings, it was also raised to $1,500. And then we've been in this, you know, s- you know, multi-year, uh, 21-year Fight to get the cap completely repealed, and so that's sort of the big win. It's been a 45 year history when you take it from the original 72 cap on private practices through the balanced budget era, 21 years of advocacy uh, to really not have this arbitrary limit to physical therapy uh, and speech language pathology so services well in under
0: Medicare. In terms of Congress making good decisions and passing relevant legislature, 45 years not too terrible. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it had uh, it, been such a part of our fabric, and, and we've seen a huge outpouring of members contacting us with notes of congratulations, notes of thanks, uh, but several of those members, uh, they've been engaged in this battle for a long time, and and a lot of the emails also said, you know, this has sort of been who we are. We go to the Hill, we ask for the therapy cap to be repealed. It's been a great uh, uh, way to show the value of physical therapy and that an arbitrary limit uh, would diminish the impact we can have on patients, and so you know they've they've gotten to this has been so much of the fabric of our advocacy network over Which the last twenty years. Brings
0: about the question of now what you know. I was just um, you know I'm I'm an avid reader and uh, I, I've made it a point to throw in a a fiction book for every four nonfiction books that I read just to let my brain kind of go into a fantasy world. So I'm reading this this book. Um, Vince Flynn, it's, it's a Mitch Rapp series. He's like a CIA operative, really cool stories. And so in one of these stories, he he was going after somebody that killed his wife and um, he was going for revenge. And that guy got killed in an operation and he's sitting there thinking to himself like, now what? That's been like part of my fiber for so long. And, and, and I know it's a, it's a weird parallel, but I, I kind of had the same thought as... You know this cap is over now. What, like, what, what is our fiber now as an as as physical therapists as an industry? What is the next lobbying effort? What are we going after?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. You know, the therapy cap really has sort of consumed all the advocacy oxygen in the room, and it has been the big issue. Uh, But on one hand, we've never it's never been the singular issue for APTA. So I think you're going to see some of the issues that took a backseat at times to the therapy cap, rise in their, um, in their uh, priority, rise in their ability uh, to be on our agenda. And I think you're gonna see us continue with current efforts that we were already sort of working with Congress on as well. One of the big ones was student loan repayment uh, for physical therapists that practice in the National Health Service Corps. Uh, we've been working on that uh, piece of legislation a number of years, um, but you know we we're going to the Hill with the therapy cap in the student loan repayment bill. This one gets a window of opportunity to sort of be uh, an issue for us to really push. Um, I think we'll see a lot of interest in returning to some of our Medicare direct access fights and really trying to change uh, some of the requirements around needing a physician to certify the plan of care. And then I I think there'll also be some nice pivots for the association. I think we'll see uh, a growing uh, presence by the association in public health initiatives We've really um, had a lot of success from a, an awareness perspective on the pain epidemic uh, recently and the opioid crisis. And how do we begin to leverage that into payment and legislative changes um, will be a, a priority and or in other public um, public health initiatives, prevention of wellness, uh, falls prevention. Um, and then I think last and probably something that everyone uh, of your listeners knows. Is there's never any shortage of payment uh, issues to address and administrative burdens to lessen, and so I, I think you know we have plenty to work on, and uh, you know a lot to to sort of attack to keep advancing our profession forward, and so it'll probably take those four different uh, avenues of sort of existing initiatives rising in priority, um, some switch on public policy initiatives uh, or public health initiatives uh, some, you know, administrative burden, uh, issues, and then some payment reform as well. So no shortage of work ahead. And, uh, the therapy cap really, uh, puts wind behind us, um, and gives us some momentum going into this session of Congress to be able to start making more, um, you know, incremental progress, uh, to continue to advance what physical therapy uh,
0: over the last 21 years. If you have to Estimate what percentage of lobbying efforts slash funding was going towards Medicare cap repeal within that 21-year period?
1: Um hard to guess. Um it's I mean, I, I the first number that popped in my head, and this is a very unscientific, very un uh you know, unresearched um sure, question are. for me. Uh, but it's probably about 60 percent. I mean You know, we always had numerous initiatives, but this was always priority one um, over the last 21 years and did probably consume a majority of resources and interest. Um, The other thing that's unique about this is there's sort of a flip side to that question that is important to note is when this happened in 97, it sort of, you know, it sort of woke up the profession to advocacy. And so we had, you know, we were a we had lobbyists and we had a grassroots structure and we had a political action committee before 97 and they were very productive. But in 97, uh, when this happened, it really rallied the profession that we need to be stronger in our voice on Capitol Hill. And where we've seen great data is the number of individuals that now are involved in our grassroots The number, the way our political action committee has grown um, has really been uh, due to rallying behind a repeal of the cap legislative initiative. And so over the 21 years, APTA, you know, hosted four rallies on Capitol Hill. Um, I couldn't even guess the hundreds of thousands of emails our members sent to Capitol Hill. And um, we just, uh, it really created this generation of advocates inside the profession that uh, it took sort of a rally cry to do that. And the therapy cap in some ways was that rally cry for the profession to really make sure that legislators and policymakers knew who we were and knew uh, the impact we were having on patients' lives. And that's been the the success story of the therapy cap uh, over the long term, as much as addressing the you know the poor policy that was the therapy. Yeah,
0: that, that's that's a great point. I think also to to kind of reference our earlier conversations, I think this really really speaks about the the evolution of the profession and the APTA because we we discussed the history of that we pretty much started as a moat. The APTA started as a moat to protect a very young industry trying to establish itself, which is physical therapy within the medical landscape, and over the years especially over over the last 20 some years it it's had to evolve just as the profession has had to evolve and every evolution there's always those highlights those points that kind of help you level up and i feel like this is definitely one of them but it's not it's not all necessarily positive or without some other details as well right uh, there's some some issues with ptas involved can you elaborate on that
1: yeah, without any legislation, there's uh, are big pieces of legislation that happen in Washington. There's always provisions you support and provisions that you do not support or prefer not be in the package. And so, what came through last week was a fairly comprehensive legislation, uh, piece of legislation. So there was issues in the bill that addressed funding for community health centers, which are critical to the public health infrastructure in our country, and actually where individuals who practice in the national health service corps, um, that we have in our student loan bill would practice. And there was, you know, um, there was opioid funding, uh, to address that epidemic. And then there was also a provision that would reduce how, um, services in which physical therapy assistants are involved in would be reimbursed under Medicare in about five years. So the legislation did two things. It, uh, required that uh, a modifier be attached to the claim form beginning in 2020 to begin to track if a physical therapist assistant is involved in the provision of care. And then in 2022, um, for when a physical therapist assistant is involved in the provision of services, uh, those services would be paid at 85% of the Medicare physician fee schedule rate. And that's not you. You know, that's we we didn't support that legislation. It was sort of a last minute add to the legislation to provide some cost savings and uh, we didn't support it. Um, And now we're working to figure out how best to diminish that policy, change that policy or address it as we move forward. And we're just on the front end of sort of investigating what strategies might be at our disposal. Uh, to address that provision that we didn't. Support.
0: What kind of impact do you foresee this having in the short term on? I'd say probably private practice businesses would be impacted the most that um, have PTAs working there. Do you see any kind of uh, any kind of shift in the paradigm of how PTs and PTAs work?
1: Um, if this is implemented, so been, I don't think in the short term there'll be much of an Except impact years, because right? we're still. Yeah, we're still about two and a half years out from the modifier use. Um, I think you could start to see practices begin to make adjustments as they begin to understand their data with the modifier use. And then obviously, if it's implemented as written today, uh, there would be impacts in, in 2022. What the impact will be will be varied uh, depending on practice setting, as you, as you stated, either private practice or post-acute care. Uh, home health, uh, skilled nursing facilities, and also practice parameters. So what is the practices um, practice mix between PTs and PTAs? How do they, what's their, you know, practice culture, and how do they use um, additional personnel, both physical therapy assistants and other personnel? And so there's a lot of factors to sort of uh, get your arms around what will be the impact it's probably um, important
0: to note that it's a big if right we still have a long time to address this and like you said you're still in the early phases of the review process that um i, I feel like not to diminish the importance of ptas they're critical and they're 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 part of our industry that they are physical therapists um, for for all intensive rights but it's i feel like it's it's like saying the risk of exercise, the risk of injury while exercising is there, but it the positives outweigh the negatives so much, and you can always adjust accordingly. And I feel like it's the same thing with this. You take the the Medicare repeal, you accept this not not happily, obviously, begrudgingly, but then you come up with another strategy to deal with it and mitigate the circumstances.
1: Yeah, it's it's a great point. I mean, it's um one of the key things about legislation, is it's incremental, and so you never sort of get to the end game uh, on one piece of legislation. You have to constantly, uh, sort of in the spirit of continuous quality improvement, you have to continually be at it to con- constantly refine policy and try to hit that sweet spot. And so every piece of legislation is never ideal, um, and I always say we have to live in the world of what is practical and what is real, realistic versus what is I- idealistic. And um, you know we would not uh, write the therapy cap policy, uh, the permanent solution that was in this package, the way it's written, if we had full uh, autonomy in writing that, and we wouldn't have added the PTA differential. And it's part of the process where you're, you know, it's a give and take, it's negotiation, it's, uh, you know, like almost every other segment of the of the of our world is it's a, it's a give and take scenario.
0: Yeah, and it's just based on kind of the realities of our, of our profession or not in our industry, we will continue to grow year after year after year. This it's, it's well-established and I don't think it's much of a surprise PT schools are overloaded with, with, um, with applications for entry. You have to have insane, insane um, grades and all kinds of stuff to even get in. And there's no slowing down the physical therapy industry. So it's safe to say that our influence will grow as, as well. As long as what 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 are those? As long as we keep getting the numbers, how do we make sure that we infiltrate the legislature part to make sure that we have influence on the hill?
1: Yeah, I think um, there's two two major things that we have to be uh, vigilant to sort of keep growing as a profession and keep demonstrating our impact um, as part of the solution to healthcare in the United States. And the first of that is to being an engaged and active community of physical therapists. Uh, We obviously feel the best vehicle that do that is through APTA. Uh, We do a ton to bring advocates together to go to the Hill, both at the national level and through state chapters um, in their respective state houses. And that collective voice and having one voice for the profession uh, will continue to make an impact. So that's, there's the advocacy side. And that's the first thing is to, continuing you know what's exciting in the profession right now is just how passionate our students are for advocacy is you know our students over the last couple of years have been innovative and engaged in the advocacy process probably like never before and they're doing national advocacy dinners they're doing flash action strategies and that really is going to increase our voice uh whether that's in congress or whether that's in the state capitol in des moines Uh, To really learn that professional role of advocacy is almost um, irreplaceable in the impact it can have. The second point is not really um, related to legislation and public policy, but it's the continued efforts to show the value of what we do. And that comes from the research community, that comes from uh, people out in the business world who continually refine the value we provide to patients, the value we provide to health systems and how we can have that impact. And what was really exciting at the end of the therapy cap debate was how much the patient voice uh, replaced the provider voice. And you know, I can think back over the 21 years of this advocacy, and it was at times APTA, AOTA, and ASHA, uh, and a couple other associations like NARA uh, that were really the voice of the therapy cap. And we were you know, yelling as loud as we could and as patients started to understand this policy and through AARP, through the American Stroke Association, and they started becoming part of the Therapy Cap Coalition, you really saw this take on a new life and an interest in Congress that it needed to be addressed. And I think that's that's exciting because as we were able to communicate with our patients and bring them onto our advocacy team um, and begin to show that research that demonstrates the value of PT, um, it's our, our industry has a lot to be uh, – a lot to offer and a lot to position itself uh, in the future.
0: Yeah, and I think that comes down to really understanding how the political game works, that uh, if you go after the politician, that's that's one thing, and it, it's usually effective. But if you go after their constituents, if you go after the the, the audience, if you go after the crowd, which is a very – um, clear parallel to kind of what we talk about with digital marketing is you can go for physician referrals. Absolutely. And you'll get some patients or you can actually go after your community, after the patients themselves and educate them and play the long game. And they change the perspective of the people that work for them, which is physicians, which is the the uh, politicians. And it's the same thing. And, and it's having that voice, that consistent voice. And like you said, um, having a strategy, having a plan, and being consistent and executing it, which, um, which I feel like, as you said, is, is happening more and more, which is very, very exciting, having seen the evolution over the last few years.
1: Yeah, I think, it, you know, in the last week, three things happened that were exciting that really showed uh, the face of this issue. And that was AARP did a video talking about the importance of this to seniors. Uh, we then saw... You know, um, we did uh, patient story issues and posted those on Facebook. And, uh, and then lastly, um, you know, on a different issue, we really saw how much patients and physicians um, working with us have an impact through that Beyond Opioid event that we did uh, just, um, just over a week ago. And um, you really saw the interest in the issues grow and uh, people engage at a different level when you had a patient voice or you had physician voices at the table advocating with us, and not the you know years of turf battles we had uh, fighting it out between providers.
0: Yes, yeah, so I, I spent a good bit of time just thinking strategy and 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 you know setting up the chess chessboard so to speak. And I, I was thinking about the medical field, and I was thinking about all the medical professions: physicians, dentists, pharmacists, physical therapists, um, and I was thinking what is our negative, right? We're always trying to think about our positive. What is our consistent voice? But what is our negative? Physicians right now are under fire with opioids, overprescription, pharma. Obviously, pharma is always under fire for something because they're pumping out drugs because that's their business. Dentists, they're still kind of under the radar, but, you know, they're dentists. Who likes going to the dentist? Nobody. And and then there's us or chiropractors, obviously, still have a negative stigma, whether it's um, deserved or not, mostly not. But for physical therapy if you, if you ask somebody what is a negative of physical therapy why wouldn't you go see a physical therapist i think most people are hard pressed to come up with a reason for that can you can you think of another medical profession where there is no negative at least at least popular um, thought or popular idea of why you wouldn't see this profession
1: yeah i think you know you described that well i think healthcare in general has always had a pretty white hat and i think physical therapy has uh, has been the same. It's uh, been, you know, most people, uh, you know, historically have not chosen to see a physical therapist. They've had a significant injury or an impairment that has taken them to a physical therapist. And um, generally, we've spent a lot of time with the patients. We've been a critical part of their return to, you know, work, their return to play, their return to their homes. And so the positive uh, interaction and impact that physical therapists have has really put a nice white hat on our profession in the and you know the difference we make. Um, you know, I think like all health professions, I think you know utilization continues to be the 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 biggest potential for a negative. And people really, as we enter an era of consumerism and patients understanding and asking questions and being engaged in their care, I think um, that's our biggest potential for. A future negative is have you know is how do we you know make sure we're giving the right level of care uh, at the right level uh, for that patient all the time.
0: Yeah, and obviously, there's a patients joke around that physical therapy you'll be doing work, right? Pain and torture that you you'll have to be. You're not just going to sit around and and magically get better. At least you shouldn't. But um, I, I feel like one of the big issues that we have coming up is is really availability and and scheduling and log jams. I know we we fight for patience a lot. We have we have a um a scarcity mindset in a lot of ways, which is getting better by the way. Uh, but still it's when you're good, you're gonna have issues with scheduling. So I feel like it's as awareness grows and as as more mainstream media picks up on on quality physical therapy and movement, like you said, public health, which has been pushed a lot. Mike Eisenhardt obviously has his own thing going, which is, which is really cool. Um, but as, as the, as physical therapy becomes more mainstream, I feel like the next big issue, which, which you addressed and alluded to being direct access, not just for Medicare, but just pure direct access, that's consistent in every single state because it's still hard to create a unified message that you can go straight to physical therapy when states are kind of all over the place some have complete direct access some have partial direct access what, what, what do you foresee as, as potentially 60% of resources uh, start to open up from focusing on Medicare cap to other things how do you see the, the shape the direct access shaping up over the next two to three years
1: um, I think we've seen, I think direct, ac- direct access will continue on the trajectory and with the momentum that it's had over the last couple of years. It sort of got lost because of the therapy cap, but when the therapy cap was passed in uh, 97, I believe only 33 states had direct access. So, in the time of advancing, you know, where we got to the permanent solution on the therapy cap, we also got um, a more level playing field with direct access as those. You know, remaining states all got some form of direct access. We continue to see momentum, which is more exciting, that payers are no longer requiring the referral as a condition of payment. So we're, we showed this with a study we did with Blue Cross Blue Shield of Iowa or Wellmark Blue Cross Blue Shield, where in their claims database, almost 30% of individuals were seen uh, going directly to a physical therapist. And so I do think that the momentum... Um, is really um, you know strong on direct access, and the continued efforts to take away the restrictions that exact uh, that exist at state law. Um, advocate directly with payers on the cost effectiveness of direct access models, and then lastly, as consumers become more and more aware of the difference and um, the variety and the scope of practice that physical therapists enjoy, um, they're going to start to embrace you know, a more physical therapist of record or their physical therapist that they go to, um, whether they have low back pain or whether they have a shorter shoulder impairment or refer their, you know, child or spouse to. So we're just seeing the, I think the beginning of direct access really being a major component of how patients, uh, you know, encounter a physical therapy. You know, we were talking about in your last question that, um, you know, what's the negative of physical therapy? I I think the biggest, you know, go back to the positive, I think the biggest positive is physical therapists establish a partnership with their patient. We are really afforded a luxury that few in healthcare are, is that is we develop a therapeutic relationship with uh, our patients and and clients and see them over a sequence of visits. And that gets us an opportunity to build uh, confidence um, to engage in a lot of different aspects of their health um, and help them become, you know, a healthier individual. So I think that partnership that we enjoy with patients, and combined with increasing direct access and increasing recognition of direct access, really is uh, is is going to fuel uh, a different type of growth in physical therapy uh, than we've seen over time. You know, in the past decades. A lot of the growth around physical therapy had become from survivorship, had come from advancements in surgery, and um, and really had driven the post-surgical patient to us. Now what we're seeing is patients come to us uh, to prevent surgeries. We're really seeing that start to tip.
0: That's absolutely, that's absolutely true. true. And and, and that's, what that amounts to is what we do is instead of helping people not be sick, we're helping people be healthy. Which, which is more than just semantics. I mean, it, it's an entirely different paradigm of providing care. And people realize this once once they get in there and go through it, that this, this is not me just trying to get a little bit better. This is me changing how I fundamentally see health and activity and what that means. And I think, as you said, once people realize that physical therapy is just beyond getting them Past a a point of pain or inability to do something, that it's it's the ability to do something even better. Then it becomes becomes a home run, a win win for everyone.
1: Yeah, it's um you know one of the things that is challenging the profession right now is this incredible growth of the profession at both sides of the spectrum. And so physical therapists, due to as you alluded to early we've had, earlier, we've had a large growth in the number of individuals who are physical therapists. So more academic programs producing more physical therapists. So we have really become leaders in rehabilitation and really established ourselves as, you know, very integral to the healthcare system and very much a leader in the spectrum of rehabilitation post-medical intervention or post, you know, survivorship. So one of the most exciting areas going on and, um, in physical therapy right now is in the area of cancer and that is, follows a survivorship. They, um, what used to be patients, you know, wanted to, you know, cure the cancer or, um, now are saying, okay, not only do I want to address the cancer, I want to maintain a quality life and I want to stay highly functioning. So how do I, you know, rehab those secondary benefit or secondary conditions that are developing due to my cancer diagnosis. So that's a really exciting space in physical therapy right now as we continue to have an impact on those very chronic conditions, on cancer, on other um, issues that are going on in healthcare. But at the other side, we're starting to see physical therapists be very integral into the management of healthy individuals and how do you stay healthy? How do you continue to manage your health in a longitudinal fashion? And um, that that's, you know, those two areas of or two sides of the spectrum of healthcare really afford PTs the opportunity uh, to have an impact um, when somebody is having a health issue and also keeping people from having a health issue.
0: And that comes back and it ties it all together with your point about having your physical therapist. And this is something this probably has been one of the the coolest things we've seen at, at Recharge is we've become the the hub, we've, we've become the triage healthcare facility for people, for, for our community members. When they have a health issue, they trust us, they come to us because they see us every single day. And as you know, sometimes it's just a matter of exposure and convenience. When they're there and they know that we're helping them with their fitness, but we're also healthcare professionals, we have people come up to us and say, hey, I have this going on. What do you think? Should I come see you? Should I go see something else? And we really become that triage facility that we can direct because we can direct, we can tell them this is something we can address pretty quickly, or this is something you should go urgent care or the hospital or things like that. And we've had these scenarios and it's like when you're living through it, when you, when you're looking at it from, from a 10,000 foot view, it's, it's just amazing that if, if I, if I could get my hands on, Ten thousand, hundred thousand data points like ours, and put it all together. I can't even fathom the amount of money we could save the healthcare system. It's, it's just, I, I can't even put it into words, Justin.
1: Yeah, it's it's an exciting time, and you know, one of the things I think we'll look back on this therapy cap era is it really ended up being sort of bookends to two different policy eras of the profession. You know, prior to the therapy cap almost all of our efforts were about the recognition. So were physical therapists part of a new setting in healthcare? Were they able to build the Medicare program to establish private practices? And it was a very much a recognition of the profession era. The therapy cap really came to how do we show our impact and value from a payment perspective? And now we're starting to be a you know, much more of how do we impact the health of individuals and communities and a much more public population health model. And we're not losing those other models. Getting, making sure physical therapists are recognized in programs is constantly uh, a priority of ours. And just recently, you know, we talked about the negative issue on the PTA differential that was included in this issue. But in the fall, we were able to get greater recognition of the physical therapist assistance in TRICARE. And so we're always in that recognition And the next to there is we're always going to be focused on making sure PTs are adequately reimbursed and that the administrative burdens are as um, as appropriate as possible. But this new phase of moving into our impact at, at the health of individuals and communities and not having it compete against the other priorities, but be integrated to our priorities um, really is going to be exciting for the profession.
0: Absolutely, and well as as we always say, you know, enjoy the win, but the win the win already happened, so we got to move on to the future. The the wins are short lived, yeah. as uh, as you know too well, being a, a Redskins fan. <laughs> well,
1: I'm not a Redskins fan, so I'll tell you, know. <laughs> well, around,
0: around the Redskins, being being exactly. around the Redskins,
1: it's, uh, <laughs> uh, it, you know, it's uh, it's interesting. It's the one Washington team we don't cheer for in this house, so. We don't also cheer for the Ravens either, though. So just so a full disclosure.
0: What, you don't like yeah,
1: I like the Steelers. So it's a, uh, you know. Oh, uh, yeah, low,
0: exactly, low so. blow, low and, blow.
1: And lately I can actually say I like the Cubs. So I used to not be able to say that.
0: True. I, I remember after they won, I feel like every picture of you I saw had some kind yes. of blue in it.
1: It was, a, it was like the <laughs> therapy cap. It took about 40, you know, it took a little longer than the therapy cap.
0: Uh, <laughs> it took a couple that might be time. my
1: new line is when people say it only took you 21 years to address this I and say hey cubs took over 100 so we're still we're still batting better than the cubs
0: <laughs> there you go that's called for those listening in psychology that's called the anchoring effect <laughs>
1: yeah yeah <laughs>
0: Well, awesome, man. Well, it is a win. So I, I know it's not just the APTA, but I know the APTA played a big role. So congratulations and everyone that's spent time, the students that have been lobbying like crazy over the last um, five to or so years, at least from what I've been seeing. Uh, so I think this, this goes out and it is a big win for the profession and it opens up so many possibilities to accelerate the future that uh, if you're not excited, I don't even know what excites you anymore in this field.
1: Absolutely. So, but well, we really appreciate, you know, I know you guys, uh, a lot of listeners out there and uh, appreciate all their emails and all the, all the efforts they did to make this happen. Cause this was really uh, it took the whole PT community.
0: Absolutely. Awesome. Man. Well, thank you so much for taking the time explaining all this and I'm, I'm looking forward to, to the future. And if, if there's anything else on the horizon, please let us know and we'll uh, get unified and push Absolutely. it forward. See you You at CSM. Take care.